Good morning. And here's our uh, midweek service today. And uh, the talk today will be focusing on the reading from Genesis, uh, from Genesis 2. When it ends, they felt no shame. Now, the Foo Fighters released a new album in 2020. Second track on that album was a song called Shame, Shame. And it emanates from a dream that the 14-year-old Dave Grohl, the band's leader, had that he carried all his life. And the song includes the following words. If you want to, I'll make you feel something real just to bother you. I got under your thumb like a drug. I will smother you. I'll be the one. Be the rain on your song. Go put that record on. If you want to, I'll be the one. I'll be the tongue that swallows you. Shame, 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 shame. Another season of loneliness. I found a reason and buried it beneath the mountain of emptiness. It's a dark record, as you can tell, and it tells of a shame that smothers and buries, that is almost addictive and which spoils even that which is good, the rain in our song. And yet, the shamed cannot escape. Now, it's not a worship song. It may, however, be a song that captures the reality of life for many people. But it's not a song of Genesis 2 is not a song of God's intention. They felt no shame. Now, according to the internet, shame is a discrete basic emotion described as a moral or social emotion that drives people to hide or deny their wrongdoings. And we see that, of course, in the Genesis narrative as it progresses. Snake, some fruit, a decision and suddenly they are stuttering blaming lying and shaming one another before god for they had rebelled and given in to the temptation to want to be like the almighty rather than live in perfection with him now it goes on that the focus of shame is on the self or the individual with respect to a perceived audience Adam and Eve, before that choice, only have reference to each other. They're equal partners in paradise. They, of course, have a reference to God, but they all live together until Eve and Adam lost their innocence. They asked the question, they broke the rule, and now they knew not the pure presence of God, but his disappointment. They were no longer in tune with their audience and they looked at themselves and did not like what they saw. Further, we're told that shame can also be described as an unpleasant self-conscious emotion that involves negative evaluation of the self. So shame is about how we perceive ourselves as much as how we are perceived. I spoke to someone recently who had many regrets about their life and the hurts that they had caused. My prayer for them was they could receive forgiveness from God so that they could forgive themselves. Shame can be a painful emotion that is seen as a comparison of the self's action with the self's standards. 
but may equally stem from comparison of the self-state of being with the ideal social context standard. How do you measure yourself? Is it against what you would like to be? What you think others would like you to be? What the world has held up as perfection? Or what God tells you that you are? God smiles on the smallest act or thought or prayer that brings you closer to him. In 1 Samuel 16, 7, we see these words. The Lord does not look on the things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Yet Paul could say in Romans 2, 29, circumcision is circumcision of the heart by the spirit, not by the written code. Such a person's praise is not from other people, but from God. The praise you seek is the praise of God. And the source of that praise is the surgery that God does to the human heart by the transformation by his Holy Spirit. And God looks at the heart he has transformed and praises the person. All we have to do is let him. To shame generally means to actively assign or communicate a state of shame to another person. Behaviours designed to uncover or expose others are sometimes used to place shame on the other person. In 1 Corinthians 12, Paul explains how the church is supposed to work. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts we think are less honourable, we treat with special honour. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together, giving greater honour to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, and that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. So what about shaming others? Making people feel self-conscious or unworthy? Paul says this has no place in the body of Christ. The less honourable gets special honour. Who says what is honourable? Well, even if the world does, we welcome and uphold them with special honour. People not like us are our people in the body of Christ because the parts of the body have equal concern for each other. And what we have in common is being in Christ. In contrast to having shame is to have no shame. Behave without the restraint to offend others, similar to other emotions like pride. Now in Romans 3, 23 and 24, we find these verses. 
For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. No one can claim a special privilege or status or place. We are all sinners, yet all are equally valued and receive the gift of grace if they will receive it. For in verse 24, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. There is no place for pride or an attitude uh, that all that sin stuff doesn't apply to me. To have no shame before the Lord. As James wrote, God opposes the proud, but shows favour to the humble. Finally, shame is a self-punishing acknowledgement of something gone wrong. Studies of shame showed that when ashamed people feel that the entire self is worthless, powerless and small, they also feel exposed to an audience, real or imagined, that exists purely for the purpose of confirming that self is worthless. When we feel ashamed, we can become acutely aware of the internal struggle with what we have done or believe we have done or that we do not match up to some standard. We can be equally aware of a perception that others think the same of us. In fact, what we think people are thinking becomes what we think ourselves, whether they think that or not. Now, in the great hymn, Be Thou My Vision, we find these words. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me, save that thou art. Thou my best thought by day or night, waking or sleeping, thy presence my light. Riches I heed not, nor vain, empty praise. Thou mine inheritance now and always, thou and thou only first in my heart, King, High King of heaven, my treasure thou art. Jesus taught that his ministry was to set people free from shame and oppression. In John 8, to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And then it goes on. Very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. The only riches to heed are the riches of the truth. Jesus the way, the truth, and the life. For they will set you free. Just as the woman was set free from the demon for her commitment to the son in the uh, other reading, the gospel reading we heard today. She spoke the truth to his power and he saw her faith. He released her from bondage. Shame, devaluation, and their interrelationship are similar across cultures, prompting some researchers to suggest that there is a universal human psychology of cultural valuation and devaluation. Shame is a universal thing. It is not how God intended it in the beginning. They felt 
no shame. God releases people from shame through his son. All you need to do is receive his release. Listen to his voice that says, you are mine, follow me. Unworthy by nature, we are worthy by grace. And you will feel no shame. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the perfect world that you made and the way in which you started out for us to have no shame. Forgive us for the ways in which we act, but help us to receive your forgiveness, your transformation, that we should not be ashamed. Paul told us that we are more than conquerors. Help us in that, Lord Jesus. And for those who are listening to this, and they're feeling that sense of being a slave to the shame that they might, you might uh, feel. Turn to Jesus' name. Say, so I give myself to you. Ask for that forgiveness, turning away from whatever it is, and receive the release from the bondage of shame and the bondage of sin. And we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.